All right, welcome back to the Story is Ending podcast. I hope you've been enjoying this little series on the story of prayer and going through this uh, prayer sanctuary for a structure on prayer. Remember, it's not a formula. It's a structure and a framework. Um, There are many effective ways to pray, and this has been one of my most effective ways to pray for more than two decades, I think, now at this point. Um, Depending on when this episode comes out and when it's published, of course, depending on when you hear it, I will have crossed the 30-year mark of my being a Christian. I was baptized on October 22nd, 1991. I was not um, in a religious home. So you probably already know that if you've been listening to these episodes because I go into that part of my story. So anyway, it's just interesting because I'm now this fall coming up to the 30-year mark of my journey. So let's um, start with prayer and then we'll do a quick review. Our Father, once more. We are grateful. This system, which is so simple and so beautiful, um, is so wonderful for us to just consider these days. There's so much depth to it, though, at the same time, which is so typical of you and your word and uh, anything within your word. Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much for making all of this stuff accessible. The whole power and the whole purpose of prayer, God, is that you want to be with us, and you want to meet us where we are. So right now, I just pray that uh, you would meet us and that you'd teach us today. Um, and that today would not be a time where I'm just sharing data and knowledge with somebody, but that I'm also receiving from you. And yet that through this medium of this podcast, that someone else also might experience you in a powerful way, and then your word would become even more alive and even more active in their lives, cutting even deeper to the deepest places of their souls. And even in just now my soul too. And so, and teach all of us just now and speak into our lives. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so last episode, we left off at this altar of incense. where we sp- That's where we spend time praying for people, right? And I, I'm just so convinced that that is why Jesus spent so much time with his Father, because he was selflessly giving himself away in prayer for people that he loved, his disciples especially, and especially as events would happen throughout the ministry that he was with them. And so he would pray for these guys. He would spend entire nights in prayer with these guys and so uh, and for these guys and with these guys um but i i just believe with all my heart that uh, he was spending that time just listening to the father but a lot of that time was spent in intercessory prayer and i just think that you take that seriously and your prayer life can be just transformed and you will find i believe you will find you just don't have enough time to pray all these prayers You'll want to build more time into your day to have more time for prayer. And so backwards again to the altar of the candlestick is where we also spend some time, and that is where we pray for the Holy Spirit to fill us. And we are be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we've been made pure at the altar of sacrifice outside of the holy place where we've been purified by Jesus' blood and washed by that water, and we've entered the gates with thanksgiving. And we spent time in prayer, uh, praise. So now we're at this, uh, the next thing that we turn to, and that is the table of the bread of the presence or the table of showbread, the bread of the presence, again, depending on your translation. Um, and only priests could eat this bread, by the way. And there were always to be 12 loaves, loaves on the table. And then, so I'll pause here just to wait to see if you might know what the, the bread represents. All right. What do you think the bread represents in the sanctuary? It's not too difficult, especially if you've studied the life of Christ, all right? Bread, of course, is is nourishment for our body, right? We eat something from the earth 
that has taken a new shape and form. That is flour that was once grain, yeast, water, and something to activate the yeast. Through a process of combining, kneading, and then heat, bread is formed. And I don't know about you, but I love bread. One of my favorite things to do when I go home to Maine is to eat an Italian sandwich, which is always on Italian bread. Just about any kind of bread do I like. Uh, Jesus said in the middle of a conversation in John 6 about the manna that Moses distributed to Israel, he said this, I am the bread of life. And he also said, my body is real food. So what do you think the showbread, showbread represents? In a very neat application, when he met a woman at a well and his disciples were off finding food, he said to them when they returned, I have food you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. And even earlier when he was out in the desert and after having gone without food for 40 days, he was tempted to help himself by making rocks into bread. And what do you think his response was if you you know the story? Quoting the Old Testament, he said, man does not live by bread alone. And that's a reference to Deuteronomy 8.3 if you want to look that up. Deuteronomy 8.3. Again, what do you think this bread here represents? It represents Christ. But even more specifically, it represents the spiritual nourishment of the word of life, the Bible. Jesus is the word. He is the word of life. Our spirit and soul need nourishment as much as our body does. And I believe until we feed our spirit and soul with God's word, with Jesus himself, we will remain, we will, let's say that fast five times, we will remain dead inside. Okay? I'm going to repeat that. Until we feed our spirit and our soul with God's word, with Jesus himself, we will remain dead inside or barely alive. At the very least, we'll remain undernourished spiritually if we don't take the time to feed ourselves upon Jesus and the Bible on a regular basis. So here it is at the table. It's here at the table that I'm about to open the Bible. And so I pray to be filled with God's word, to be nourished in the soul. I pray as I open the Bible to see God in in new ways, to hear him speak to me, and to let the word penetrate all of my being. So returning back to John 6 and in verse 35, it says this, Jesus, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. John 6, 35 there. So there's a subtlety to this, right? There's a quietly powerful principle of taking words on a page, reading them, and letting the story with all of its meaning and power penetrate our deepest parts. It's not unlike when we eat food and we digest it unknowingly, right? We eat all the time. I doubt many of us know the whole process of how food gets broken down and then assimilated into our bodies. There's a certain mystery to it. The principle works the same for our soul with God's word. It's supernatural. And it's wonderful. God's word gives us the spiritual sustenance that we cannot live without, at least not spiritually. Using a little bit of logic here, if we believe that we can go very long periods of time without physical food and survive, we cannot. Even if it takes years without scripture um, being introduced into our soul, we are in fact slowly dying. We humans Go to many different places to try to find nourishment or fulfillment for our souls, but they always leave us hungering for more. They never satisfy. 
So what's fascinating is, especially in my own story, is how I've battled much of my life with poor eating habits. Even lately, I've found myself turning to food when I'm bored or trying to avoid responsibility or trying to, um, I suppose, get away from a, a bad feeling. I have fasted a number of times, uh, but me and food have a strange, strange relationship. Uh, it's like I know what I should do, eat better, more consistently, but appetite calls and desires for what does not satisfy often wins. And if you've listened to some of my story, you know that I've also struggled with the pornography habit. That's trying to fulfill only what God can, a deep intimacy, right? And so coming back to what it means to be nourished by the word, I would say it goes beyond nourishment too. It's more than just fulfilling that which only God can provide. For instance, consider this verse from, uh, from Hebrews 4. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's uh, Hebrews 4.12. So as we spend time in God's word, we read stories. Yes. Uh, we see what happened to God's people. Definitely. We can read the account of Jesus' life. Of course we can. But when taking those words on pages, we also must trust that there is an author behind it all. If we trust what this verse says, Hebrews 4.12, and allow God to speak personally to us in any and every circumstance of our daily living, that's when we can he when he can penetrate the deepest depths of our lives. Uh, allow me to share a quote uh, from one of my favorite authors of yesteryear, about 120 years ago, uh, about 110 years ago. Ellen G. White is her name on the power of the word. I just let this sink in. This is on the power of the word. It's so powerful. The creative energy that called the world into existence is in the word of God. This word imparts power. It begets life. Every command is a promise accepted by the will. Received into the soul, it brings with it the life of the infinite one. It transforms the nature and recreates the soul in the image of God. That punchy little quote gives another idea or, uh, of, power, of how powerful God's word is. If you, if you want to re-listen to that, go back and, and listen. It's a just it's so powerful. Um, we have access. Get this. We have access to the same creative power that actually called the world into existence. It gives us power. Power for what? God's word gives us power to bring the kingdom into the world, into our world. If you're feeling like you're lacking a spiritual power in your life, open your Bible. That's might be stating the obvious, but bring the Bible into your life. And I might add, I'd prefer a hard copy version. I like paper and I like marking up my Bible. You can there's no there's no excuse to not have a hard copy Bible. Just uh not too not too long ago, I was sitting in a room in a church uh, during a little Bible study in a group. Um, I, I, and on this shelf, two layers deep were dozens, I would even say maybe hundreds of Bibles on this shelf. And I just, it's, 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 uh, I don't even know how to describe. It. I just sit there and think how blessed we are, especially here in America. When I've heard stories, I, I highly encourage you to, to, Go find where missionaries who risked life and limb, literally, and have been killed doing it, delivering Bibles to this world, around the world. 
And people who know how powerful the Word of God is know how precious the Word of God is. Um, And when they get a copy, I've I've read where people are, there are accounts of people crying because they're having a copy of the Bible given to them. So I don't know where you are hearing this podcast, and I, I hope you have access to the Word of God. And, you know, one an amazing thing, though, about technology is that the Word of God can be shared the world over um, through technology, apps, and um, just over the internet. It's just powerful. The Word of God is getting out there, my friends, and it's so beautiful. So if you don't have the version Bible app on your phone, pick it up. You know, one that I recently picked up on my phone is the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB. You can get it. It's a standalone app, and it's got all kinds of features to highlight, to study. You can buy study uh, study Bibles um, on that, and they are translated into various different languages. I'm just blown away by how, how uh, needed the Word of God is, but how available it is in this day and age right now. It's almost like there's no excuse, but there's so many places in this world where the Word of God is just not getting to just yet, and that's why we need to have things like this podcast or other podcasts or just other versions and, and ways to get it. It's just amazing. But going back to this quote, it's actually taped into the front uh, cover of my Bible so I can read it and reread it to get inspired. And yet there's more. There's another form of power the Bible gives us um, is creative power. This is the other, another form. Of, is, it's creative power. The quote says that it, it begets life. How does that work? When we're prayerfully taking in the word and submitting to what it says for us, we are gaining life. Life is winning, not death, Right. There's an advancement toward living the life that we are meant to live when Scripture is taken seriously and lived out for ourselves. And I believe there definitely needs to be a high degree of humility when studying the Bible. If I find something that teaches and, and tells me something, it's best to listen and obey you know, from the Bible. As an example, um, as I mentioned above, when it comes to my appetite, I recently more than once read Jesus telling his disciples, and by extension, everyone who reads the words, to deny oneself. And for me right now, this means that I need to take a closer look at what I'm taking in into my body, making sure that my appetite isn't dictating my life, right? It's a clear example to me of a passage. Um, it's a, I should say it's a clear example to me of a passage in a story that I've read so many times, but um, through a few different ways God has talked to me. It speaks deeply into my soul about lifelong habits that haven't always been, been healthy, and it speaks to me how I cope emotionally with daily life. In other words, God's word has penetrated into the deepest places of who I am, and it remains my choice to obey what I hear. In fact, while I'm typing up this uh, this manuscript um, where I was typing this, I was in a hotel with access, if I wanted to, to something sweet or something salty. We all know the cravings, right? But I decided earlier in the day that I would finish eating with the uh, with the Jimmy John sandwich that I had to love Jimmy John's, and it's just one example for me of you know to share how I hope you find it helpful. You know, it's, it's, it's just practical examples to deny ourselves. God's word quietly speaking to me as I make decisions, right? So we deny ourselves of things that only hurt our, um, our, ourselves by indulging in our appetite and letting the word. We can never overindulge on the word. Uh, what's the last sentence in that beautiful quote about God's word? It transforms the nature and it recreates the soul in the image of God. From God's word, as we allow it by spending time with him in it, our very nature can be transformed, if you can believe it. God's very image will be given to us as it becomes a part of us, like food 
for our bodies. It's all, it's wonderful and mysterious all at the same time. And one last thing about God's word. In fact, go to the uh, go to the page for this image, uh, the one that I set up on the website, thestoriesending.com forward slash prayer story four, the number four. So thestoriesending.com forward slash four. So imagine, so just if you can see this picture, I can see it in my mind's eye. I've looked at this and imagined it a number of times until I actually came across a great image that I got from a friend on Facebook, actually. He sent me the uh, his original. Anyway, um, imagine you're in a dark room, okay? All except for one one beam of light that is a straight, that is a straight line to the door, right? Can you see this? You're in a dark room. And I think all of us have probably been in a dark room at night before and seen light coming through a door, perhaps. So this room is, if this room is pitch black, that beam of light is everything to you that you need to get out of the room, right? That beam, that beam, that beam is God's, uh, that beam of light is God's word. It is everything we need to get to the door. Wouldn't you rather follow the light and be in the light while getting to the door? In fact, doesn't that sound much more appealing than trying to grope around in the dark and risk getting to the door? Because guess what? The light is us walking in salvation. So while I I moved away from the table of showbread is about nourishing our souls, I'm sort of going backwards to that candelabra and talking about light again. But there's so many good things about how the the word of God brings light into our lives. That's kind of my point here. So the light is us walking in salvation. It's our journey on this earth in this dark room that is living on earth at this time. The Bible has everything we need to get there. It is the best source of light. And trust me, it's the only source of true light um, to lead us to the right door. And yes, the only door. That door represents to me the moment when we finally arrive at eternity, right? So we've got a light, a beam of light leading us to where God has destined us to be, and that is with him for all of eternity. The light shining from the other side is when we finally swing the door wide open and stand in full light of God's glory, okay? Prayer invites us to the word. The word leads us to Jesus, who is the word. Jesus is the door and he is the light on the other side. The depths of the Bible will never fully be plumbed during this life, right? It's when we get to eternity that we will finally have the time and capacity to fully study the great theme of the Bible, God's love and redemption. I always, always, always say a prayer before I open my Bible. That's just too, so important because we are not just reading words on pages. So I hope these last few minutes about the significance of God's word will help you, help you see that. Jesus is the bread of life. And only as we read and prayerfully read, study and meditate, uh, will it be for us what God intends, that spiritual food for the journey that keeps us alive spiritually, Okay. So that's our study on the table of showbread this time. And um, in between kind of recording, I've made a decision that we're going to finish out the the last one next time. But I also, maybe next time, because the next section I think is, I'm looking at my papers here in my manuscript, it's a little bit shorter um, as we go into the most holy place and and come to God uh, himself. Uh, Next, uh, next, the next episode, we will do that. So I might decide to... um, 
say an actual prayer. I, my decision is to actually go through my prayer with you. So I would pray through my prayer that I've typically prayed in the past with you. So I'm going to do that. I might do it next time. I might do the time after that. So we'll have to find out. But for now, let's finish up with prayer as we are done with this part of the study. Our God, I just want to thank you so much for everybody who's able to listen in on this. And I thank you again for your gift of your word that is alive and active. I pray that the word of life would fill us, would nourish us, and that it would also be that light that leads us to you into true living and true eternity that is coming very, very soon. I ask your blessing on each and every person who is listening to this podcast and these episodes uh, on this prayer study through the sanctuary. We love you so much for giving us this uh, beautiful, beautiful map of prayer and a map to you. And so we love you and pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Rich blessings, everybody.